0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at bite.com. That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm just saying with your, with your uh, level of insurance, since I know you're not that pumped about it, I'm sure it's just sort of like a mammogram ATM machine. Yeah. Like it's probably like... <laughs> Not even manned by a by a physician. You see you know, ATM. Female, I anything. think
2: it's like a de- do it yourself car wash. You know, interesting. Like right. you go there's in no- and they like there's some fumbly instructions. That's like put your titty on the plate here and like wait oh, wait like for the he- green light to turn to red. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Or, or like when you go to like Hertz rent a car and the person's just on a screen on the like, how may I help you <laughs> today? First, we need your right tit. Then we need your left tit. Talk about a Hertz donut.
2: I'm awake, and uh, I'm, I'm welcoming you to Sidewalk Podcast, guys. Hi, I'm your host, Andrea Wallace.
1: And I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. Um, hey, we had such a great write-up in LA <gasps> Magazine. I know! It was so great! Guys, Thank you, LA Magazine, uh, for and speaking our truth. Absolutely, and thank you all of you. Like you guys are the reason that we have that truth to speak. Uh, this isn't like a just Andrea and I trying to lap up recognition. We feel like it's a big win for service industry workers in general, and I, like more and more headlines, which we're going to discuss in a minute here, are really bringing to the forefront that workers are like, God damn us, God damn it, we want a fifteen dollar an hour minimum and then you also tip us yep this is crazy and this can be a new normal everyone like wake up to it you know oh yeah absolutely Uh,
2: before we jump into that you were out of the the state you flew away you went
1: away yes yes some I mean there were definitely some (laughs) shenanigans all right I have one quick story and I can tell you I, I do really think servers are sort of at their at the end of their ropes in many ways but yeah Sean and I were looking for a lunch spot at a kind of odd time during the day and we went to this sort of brewery or whatever beautiful day patio seating uh still plenty of people at the space and first of all I walked in the host was so unhappy to see me um you could tell like She was definitely caught between, like, a big party indoors, a messy patio outdoors, and it's been a minute since I've I've caught a little bit of that attitude where she's like, yeah, all the tables are dirty, um, but sure, yeah, yeah, uh, you could sit outside, and I was like, okay, she's like, I'm going to have to put you on a weight so I can go clean. I was like, I I get it. I I came in so I wouldn't be the asshole who sits at a dirty table. She's like, you 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 don't know what
2: I've seen. You don't know what I've seen. I know.
1: I know. (laughs) So we were kind of like, oh, this is weird. And then, you know, where you try not to get into those mental mind games, but you're like, okay, two people who walked in after us just got taken To a table and you're like, all right, I'm going to one one more minute and then I'm just going to have to maybe say something. So then another server brings us to the table she cleaned off and it's the only one without an umbrella. And I was just like, oh, you know, is it okay? Like we were just hoping to, you know, sit under the umbrella, or could this umbrella be moved to this table, whatever, or can you add one, like there were umbrellas lined up against whatever, and so then while we're talking to her, this huge gust of wind picks up, and flips the entire table, the dirty table with the umbrella, into the parking lot, so the glasses, the dishes, the half-eaten food, all the silverware, just smash into the parking lot, and the host comes running out, all the servers and we're like, oh, gosh, whoa, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then she's just like, I- I'm sorry, we're closed to me. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? You know, like there were other tables and she's like, um, umbrellas are just too dangerous. This has been happening. I-, I-, I, Sorry, we don't have any tables. And then basically was like, go home. <laughs> it was very weird. Sean and I were really hungry, too, and we're like... What's happening? Oh. I guess we have to leave. But like I didn't flip. Like the wind flipped the table over. And she's like, I I, I just can't do this. She should have just said, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> instead, and, and everybody like, would have We're... been like,
2: had a moment together. And Absolutely. You would have been like, take my
1: card. <laughs> yeah, I can help. <laughs> I know. If, uh, let, here's, here's a drink on me, you know. But instead, everyone else kept eating. They were definitely not closed and Sean and I Like were like okay bye And it was really awkward because our car was parked In the parking lot right in front of the table So we were like I know we were just like
2: It was just It had a day Yeah Um, well, you guys, let's hop into some just a little bit of top of show. You guys, just remember, you can go check out all the shows that we offer you now at One Star Network. Um, if you like us, hey guys, share share your experience with a friend. If you love us or any of the new shows you're listening to. Pay it forward. We know you guys love a call to action, especially when it comes to farts and jars. So when it exactly. comes to sharing how much you love us or any of the other shows, please do us a favor. Get us out there. Spread the word. You know, the more
1: we're out there, the better, the better for everybody, I, I
2: think, personally. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And you can check out our, our social media is One Star Podcast Network on Instagram and check out all of those podcasts that are on our network and just give them all a subscribe. You know, if you haven't listened yet, Don't rate and review because that's not the truth. But you can subscribe. (laughs) And uh, once you do listen and enjoy, like this week is so funny, like quick rundown uh, and we'll get into a headline. But like Quaylen on Confessions of a Server was talking about dating in the restaurant and it's his perspective and he talks about why he no longer does that. So that's going to be a quick, funny, (laughs) bite-sized listen. His episodes are about 30 minutes long. Super fun. Uh, Marlon and Danny on the Modern Waiter podcast this week they've got all the prepping you need for your Mother's Day brunch weekend coming up. And so it's a really great episode to listen to. So you can get your head head in the game, decompress, sort of have your Hail Marys ready at the helm. Um, Michael Munoz was talking this week on Wednesday. So yesterday happened to be Cinco de Mayo. So he was kind of breaking down Cinco de Mayo, talking with... um, a queer chef who like specializes in, I think like tortillas and tortilla and tacos and delicious shit. And uh, they just yeah. are kiki, kikiing all over the place. Um, and there's a brand new macaroni zone out. Those guys are so fucking funny. Danny and my uh, James James Austin Johnson are just like hilarious, and you will like whatever they talk about, even if it's totally goes off the rails. They're amazing. <laughs> so give everybody a listen and of course as always copper and heat is your sort of like documentary style beautiful three seasons with different topics um so definitely go check out host katie osuna and copper and heat as well amazing and before we jump into this headline i just want to say to you guys
2: for having cinco de mayo and mother's day in the same week we see you we salute you (laughs) We hope you're doing yeah. well. Those are two different ends of a spectrum. Um we hope we hope you're surviving it and please send us your stories if you have any. So,
1: oh yeah, <laughs> this is going to be we expect an influx, all right? Cinco de Mayo, like, what if you had a double? What if you just started working on Wednesday and they didn't let you off until Sunday night? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a a
2: lot. Cinco de de Madre. Uh, (laughs) Okay, first headline. So this coming to us from Virginia. So essentially, (sighs) restaurants are increasing wages to attract new employees. There's a big eater headline that I read too that's basically saying that... A lot of people who worked in restaurants and maybe were laid off or furloughed during the pandemic that are now able to come back as restaurants are being able to reopen, staff is being able to increase, don't fucking want the jobs because of the measly wages that they're getting paid and they're making more money off their unemployment benefits than they are, you know, from going in and working for $2 an hour and getting treated like shit by customers all the time.
1: I, um, I understand right, it. Like, absolutely. And let's be clear. These unemployment benefits ain't anything too special. So that no. should say something right. about the living wage we expect people to actually try and live with. It's not, it's not a living wage. And so they are absolutely kind of in a way striking right now. Oh, you yeah, know? absolutely. So... The hospitality
2: family restaurant group out of Virginia has vastly increased the hours. Uh, other, I'm sorry, the hourly rates of their employees across eight different restaurants. So, saying that they decided they were not going to pay that $2.30 antiquated pay rate for servers and bartenders anymore. We're going to figure out a way to pay a livable wage. Um, going on to say, this is not okay essentially like people want to be paid for their time they want to be valued for their time to say to somebody that you're worth 213 an hour that's not okay um so i love this and i certainly i certainly think and we've said it before that the fucking cracks in the system are are shining brighter everybody sees behind the curtain and how shitty and dumb things work in this industry when it comes to fair Living wages. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. I also think it is worth maybe putting it out there to like everyone today. If there's someone in your life who doesn't work in the service industry. Maybe say to them, did you know that we only get paid $2.13 an hour? How does that make you feel? Mm -hmm. Get the conversation started with someone outside of this business so that they can also have intelligent conversations, get inspired, and be restaurant allies. Absolutely. Uh, Fuck, man. So
2: this specific group has hired and retained 160 employees in the last seven weeks, um, and they've retained 80% of those new hires. So guess what? This is fucking working. It's working. Uh, Virginia did have a legal increase in their minimum wage from seven to twenty five to nine fifty on May first, but these guys are going above and beyond to get people back in the door, and, and and I really like if this
1: is the future. I'm so happy about it, dude. This is giving me this is giving me chills. People have just fallen through the cracks of society, not being able to afford their life or not being able to live their life because they have to work 24 seven to live. Yeah. And that's not living like that's, that's not okay. If you have to work every day of the week, doubles all day at your $6 an hour wage to be a dishwasher. Like what the fuck? Absolutely. And and these workers are needed like back. The demand is there, which is
2: like crazy to say. Like, I, I, I mean, these jobs need to be filled and like people want to work, but it's like for Restaurant workers to now have like Sort of an upper hand
1: in in a way Is very interesting to me Um, Um, There should absolutely be A day without servers And watch every entitled brat Be like,
2: excuse me I'm sorry. What, this is also
1: the horror movie we're going to pitch to. <laughs> yes, a <tamed> Hollywood <laughs> servers.
2: Um, but basically, uh, again, talking about the article, hosts are making fifteen dollars an hour, servers are making eighteen dollars an hour, bartenders are making like at least twenty-five an hour, and that is basically helping to level out the unemployment um, hourly, which comes out to like seventeen dollars an hour, and then you're still getting tips like on top of it, you know. But you're guaranteed that base pay no matter what which is
1: as you should mm-hmm. and and for for you as someone who comes into a restaurant you know what now listen right now oh god i we might have to we might have to do an additional maybe we should do an instagram live and really discuss this mm-hmm. right i've been hearing some calls from the listeners that they, they demand our presence on an instagram live <laughs> soon so we'll, we'll talk about that for sure but you as the customer you as the person who comes in okay uh The business itself is going to figure out how to give them a living wage. This does not excuse you from taking the tip off the table. This is just a protection for them because we all know for decades now, if you come into work and it's a rainy day and there are no tables, you just spent eight hours at a job and took home $16. So listen, motherfucker, you're still going to pay until we completely overthrow the system and it becomes more European, where then we kind of denormalize tipping and it's across the board, wonderful, competitive living wages, mm-hmm. then we'll have that conversation. But as for now, you are going to make up accordingly. for the years of abuse and they're <laughs> going to get a living
2: wage and tips. Yep. Oh man. All right. Well, we'll talk more Seals. about this as as it progresses because there's way more exactly. to talk about. But for now, let's please hop into some server. Server submitted, submitted. a
1: stories. Ooh, read stories. Uh, so this one, hot out of the oven, this one just came. Right in before we started recording, so I will add this. This is uh in reference to our latest uh, episode from last week where we were talking about the bakery bonanza fun, which was a really fun. It, it's weird. I'm glad we waited on it because I really got into it once we did it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I wasn't feeling it at first, as you know. I was like, yeah, I don't know. We'll do it. We'll do it. And then we broke into it, and I was like, Hell yeah, that was a fun one. <laughs> but. So this is in response to that. Let's get in there, okay? Hello again, ladies. I wrote in before after your retail episode and said I had quit CVS in favor of a baking job after I got my baking and pastry degree. Right on, we remember you. I work at a Noah's Bagel in Northern California, which you told me are the Brugger's bagels. They're like maybe the same company or chain. Did I? I will look. Oh, into I don't that. know
2: if I said that, but I, I know there is someone chain. Yeah. may
1: have. Maybe Sean told me that. Anyways, so she says, she's writing us, it's currently 3.30 a.m. I've been here for an hour already. I've seen just about everything. Customers waiting outside a full 40 minutes before we open. People calling on Christmas Eve, two hours before closing, asking for three dozen bagels. Odd sandwich requests. I actually overheard a woman say, yeah, can I get your tuna fish sandwich on a chocolate chip bagel? <laughs> <laughs> she's oh literally oh god she's literally heard everything the job is great in that as the baker i have my own i have my own work area away from guests and people in general yes wonderful i can listen to music and podcasts get my work done and go home the downside is that i'm a one woman island i don't have another baker with me to cover my breaks so if something goes sideways break time's over Oof. I bake an assortment of pastries and roughly 900 bagels just to open the store. Then usually a couple smaller bakes to cover our catering needs and probably any orders that come in special. So we do have customers that will get a dozen, but insist on picking exactly which bagel they want, similar to the lady who wanted her chocolate chip cookies with the least amount of chocolate chips. Oh, Linda. Okay. (laughs) Then proceed to take 10 minutes to pick their 13 bagels. I feel bad for my coworkers who have to deal with their dumb asses. Anyways, my words, not hers. Okay. The baker seems to double as a therapist since my station is right next to the (laughs) walk-in. Everyone comes back to my area to vent, scream, hide, or occasionally cry (laughs) it out. What gets my goat more than rude customers, though, is when the people who work up front don't communicate. I go up front every hour to make sure the case is well stocked and nothing is needed. If something happens in the meantime, I've got no way of knowing since I'm busy doing prep for the next day. Nothing says fun like going to clock out and have someone go, oh, by the way, we're out of four different flavors. Were you going to do another big? Oh god. So Amanda goes on to say, I do love my job. You know, there aren't many jobs where one can be left to their own devices to listen to whatever they please while they work. But it truly is backbreaking. My knees are shot. I'm exhausted by 6 p.m. Even on my days off. And my back hasn't stopped hurting in roughly four years. Lovely. I swear I'm 32. I'm just trapped in the body of a 70-year-old. <laughs> oh, Godspeed and good tips. Amanda, oh Amanda,
2: thank you for sharing. And get yourself a foam roller if you don't have one
1: already. Fo- yeah,
2: we we do have two ro- two words for you: foam, foam roller. roller. Get on. <laughs> oh, also the nose bagels are owned by Einstein Bagel, not Inugers. Thank you, Brian okay, yep, Luke. That's oh, wait, what I was wait, like both are all three all three together. They're one conglomerate. Oh. I'm sorry, I was just. Brian's like flagging me down. It's like he's behind. He's like in the control room with like a, with a sign that's like,
1: all three, all three. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so now we know. Now we know. Well, and I can oh wow. Yeah. It just really takes me back to a certain place in my life that that job at Brugger's, you know, and I am from the Midwest, so that that um that email was a real testament to how much I've graduated out of saying. Bagel, um, which I'm better, I, I, but I'm very self-conscious when I say that word, but I feel like I got through that email okay saying bagel. I don't like that people take
2: so long to pick out their fucking dozen bagels. It's crazy. Like for me, when I go, I'm, a, I'm like trying to have a list in my head. I feel like I always fumble because I don't want to waste anybody's time. I'm like, um, um, ah oh, um, like, you know, that's how I get. <laughs> sorry. 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 I, I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking. I'm sorry. Like that's what I oh, just
1: All plain. All plain. Yeah. And then you go home and everyone's like, what's wrong with you? I don't know. I got upset. Um, for
2: sure for sure. Um, I fucking love it. More bakery stories if you guys have
1: them. Yeah. Much love and respect, Amanda. Keep, keep on keeping on. I did
0: not order that.
1: All right. Next story. Here we go. Oh, my friends, do I have
2: some stories for you? Firstly, I had a woman throw water in my face upon greeting them because it had started raining and I asked them to step under a covering so I could find them a new table and so they wouldn't get rained on. <laughs> Okay, that's
1: a normal reaction right there. Ah, She's like, she's like, you're going to be wet,
2: not me. Fuck you. Oh, God. Next, I just received this glowing review about bottomless mimosas and a company-wide 20% service charge that's on every single menu. Listen, maybe I wasn't a helicopter serving enough for this table. Maybe next time I'll sit down and join them just to make sure every time they were halfway done with a pitcher of mimosas, I'd be there to pour champagne and orange juice down their throats. (laughs) In fact, why don't I just juice the oranges table side just so you know I'm here to serve you. (laughs) Let us remember that bottomless mimosas doesn't mean bottomless serving. Oh, man. A server is still attending to 10 other tables who also bought bottomless mimosas. (laughs) I'm
1: sorry. That is a special kind of group of people who all want to be wasted on bottom shelf everything. All
2: right. She posted the review. Here it is. Yeah, yeah. Read this review. Amazing. Okay. Three stars. (laughs) This is the second time we had Christina as a server. She infrequently checked in at our table, making it nearly impossible to ask for refills on our bottomless mimosas. Not a very attentive server at all. On top of all this, we were charged a 20% gratuity fee when this didn't happen the first time we were there. Oh my God, things changed? If you do end up going to Germantown Garden for a bunch, request to
1: not
2: have Christina as your waitress. Three stars. Okay,
1: first of all, (laughs) this person sounds like a drunk. You know, someone's like, I mean, I was not getting white girl wasted at a rate that felt comfortable for me. I felt like I was having honest and connected conversation and eye contact and, like, uh, the mimosa was not flowing. Yeah, I... This is crazy. It's a lot. You First of all, you are trash (laughs) if you go get... I mean, sorry, I know your whole restaurant does this, but if you... Your whole day revolves around bottomless mimosas. You are a trash human. And also restaurants do still want to try and make a little money off of right. you. So like I said, you're going to get basically bathtub versions it's, of, you know, of your Prosecco like the and quality, your orange juice. Right. <laughs> no. And there is a reason. They are not going to go out of their way to constantly make sure that when you're halfway through, they've already replaced it. Like, there is an art to it. They would be, ugh. Anyways, absolutely. Just people are so grubby. I know. All right. So she goes Yuck. on to say... Let it be heard here
2: first. Patrons have not gotten better or more respectful since the pandemic. They have gotten way worse. And beyond that, restaurants need a 20% tip policy just to keep a serving staff on board. Otherwise, there's no point being put through a serving shift to walk away with a tip average of 11%. That's exactly what we were talking about. So customers have to realize they're either going to get impeccable and organized service with an additional... 20% tip or they're going to have to get rundown servers who are stretched too far because no one wants to work for 11%. Sorry I'm ranting but this just sucks and and is humorous and sad in so many ways. I have no doubt I'm a good server and I have constantly loved listening to you all and feel the comfort in frustration. Let us be strong and if you ever come to Philly remember to ask Christina me not to be your server. (laughs) <laughs> Godspeed and good tips, and a big fuck you to bottomless mimosas, um, Christina. Holy shit! Ho- holy shit! I can't believe that like someone threw water in your fucking face, and <laughs> was it on a and it, was it on a bottomless mimosa shift? That is an insane thing for me to even hear. I just did like someone to be like, nope, here you go, I'm throwing water in your face. Like that really outshines the bottomless mimosa ladies. <laughs> Bad review. That's nothing in comparison, in my opinion.
1: <laughs> I know. I, I, yeah, I've I've had someone throw a throw a dinner roll at me to get my attention. Oh my god! You know, so and I mean like Heather or um, Lindsay. Sorry, Lindsay, who got her ass slapped, and the woman just said butter, butter <laughs> and slapped her in. Which Brian does to me all the time now. By the way, yes. <laughs> But no, that's OK, because you guys are married and you got to keep it space. Honestly, I you're, you're a like, customer. Oh, did you not get all the mimosa you wanted?
2: You don't know what I've seen. Like, I mean, that's really what it is like. And Christina, the w- fucking point taken. I mean, these are the conversations that we're having that like livable wages, appreciated server, like 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 employees, like if you want to come to work, you want to make money and be appreciated. And shit is fucking crazy And let's be honest Shit was crazy before But guess what Now we're Now eyes are real open now Just saying
1: We gotta get them even more open um, like, like a clockwork orange yeah, level open Okay yeah.
2: As long as you're just putting that saline in my eyes, you know, keeping the, keeping the keeping it, keeping it hydrated. Um, you guys, again, thank you so much for these submitted stories. If you have any, please send them our way. We love to hear them. They bring so much joy to our lives. Um, along with all the pain and sorrow and you know, and humor that they they bring along with them.
1: Uh Brooke, where should they send their stories if they have them? Send them in. Sideworkpod at gmail.com.
2: Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. You guys, we're very happy today to have a great guest, comedian, writer. I, you know, oddly enough, was like searching for um, a song. I'm creating a playlist for my 15-year-old niece and I searched, I was like, oh, which Stevie Wonder album is that on? But I know it's on the High Fidelity soundtrack and Solomon writes for High Fidelity and then I was like, oh, that's a fun coincidence. It's all coming together today. Uh, <laughs> Solomon, Solomon Giorgio is our guest Hi. today. You guys. Hello. Yes. Hello. Solomon. <laughs> Um, better known though as your server at denny's i believe i was is... a server
0: at three different denny's at one point in time
2: oh my god let's let let's just have three separate segments maybe to break down i don't remember of
0: two of those experiences because <laughs> i was doing <laughs> drugs
2: yeah that's, that's like a real it's a real like bowie moment right yeah. like certain albums don't
1: don't remember being recorded I guess that one went platinum. <laughs> um, <laughs> wasn't around for it. Uh,
2: well, why don't we start off by you just telling us about your general history in the service industry?
0: Well, I guess my first job was at McDonald's. Uh, and I was like, I feel like I lasted all of two months <laughs> in, <laughs> in McDonald's. Because that's I, I think that is a hell job. Uh, that you, you either decide to be a person who is fine with cleaning up vomit every single day from a playpen or you're not. Wow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How old were you when you worked Oh the god, Comments? I was like
0: 15, 16 and it was just yeah. like first job, like the minimum wage at the time, dude was like 4.25. Wow. So truly scraps. <laughs> I was getting nothing <laughs> and I was like, all right. Uh then yeah, it's been it's I think the next job was Subway uh and then I took a break into retail.
1: <laughs> very nice very oh great nice. we'll be having you back for when we do our retail pivots <laughs>
0: <laughs> then moved right back into restaurants uh, took a break for the corporate world uh, started stand-up comedy and then ended up back in uh, the ser- the service industry because I was like I hate being in an office
1: Uh <laughs> yeah I can just I can just speak to that to such a degree I tried to not do service industry and got hooked up with a temp firm briefly and you quickly realized that like they don't give you uh, a uniform to wear you just have to come up with a bunch of nice looking clothing to work <laughs> in a law firm uh, at the front desk and I was like oh I don't own anything that does not have a cigarette burn on it um so. Yeah. Well, also, like, gonna, yeah,
0: you don't go, like you can't get you can't do cocaine all night with the kitchen staff at uh, an no. office <laughs> job.
1: I mean, no. when you are a lawyer, you can do cocaine <laughs> with them all night. Yes, you know during happy hour until the we you know then you can Wolf of Wall Street it, but it's just until you're accepted in that in that crew. You know? Yeah,
0: but everybody in the uh, world of commercial print uh, for barcodes, uh, I can tell you right now, not partiers. Uh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Uh, You're like, I really thought this would have gone differently. Anyway, I got to go. Yeah. Um, Was this all in in Seattle? Is that where you grew up?
0: Um, Yeah, I think, yeah. All of my my first jobs were in Seattle. Um, I briefly lived outside for a little bit of it. But for the most part, I was in Seattle until I moved down here. Uh, and I was like I like, was working at a bar That I did my show at In Seattle So I was a cocktail server For a few years uh, And then I moved to we, we did that We did that too We did that together Worked Worked mm-hmm. and played.
2: You know It was the best
0: <laughs> It was about, I loved it Because it was like They let me work Whatever hours If I had to go out of town For any gigs If I had to go to a festival They were like Perfect uh, So it was just like Yeah It was a really It was really complimentary To like that Like very beginning Of like going on the road And doing stuff Of my career I'm uh,
2: sure it was like a really like adorable send off when you're like, I have now I'm leaving for L.A. and I love you guys so much. Uh, yeah. Well,
0: one of the, one of my best friends owned a bar, so now, so we're still be- like we're still best friends. And uh, oh, I
1: love uh, that. Great. When
0: I run back up in Seattle, I stay with her.
1: Oh, I good. I it was it was great. We got to celebrate our buddy opening his place back up, and it's it's a special thing. You know, you're rooting for their business. You reach a certain age, and it's not even about the potential for a complimentary drink. You're really just happy for them as yes. a business owner you know <laughs> i just
0: like you as a person and all the great things you've done for people especially artists which are like comedians The yep. worst oh yeah the worst of the worst and I'm so- <laughs> <laughs> um
2: when you moved to la did you find like having to be in the service industry being a server being a cocktail stripper i believe a different game a different vibe than it you was true I,
0: I feel like i auditioned more to become a server in los angeles than any other part in LA uh, <laughs> like I like it was I like getting that first job took me a year to get to, to, wow. bring to the LA service it and it was so it's com- so fucking competitive because it's such a very everyone here knows that job it works the best if you are not if you don't if you want a career that's not that you don't want to hold on to uh, absolutely <laughs> like you want you want to be like, it's the job you're like hey I have an audition I don't mind calling in or switching a ship with somebody you can't do that with every job no. no.
1: It's also or just the turnover rate like you can say to yourself, I'll go get another restaurant job because I really really want to go to this audition and so I just won't show up, you know? And yeah, it's it's a whole game too because it's like as we all know, actors are, you know, uh, when it's like I'm an actor and people are like, "And what part in the restaurant do you play?" you
0: know? <laughs> and are, are you the yeah. hostess,
1: the bartender <laughs> or the server or a manager? you know
0: yes it was very much it was like i was so like i i remember just being at like my like, like into my rope i was crashing on couches like i was about to go back home and then umami opened a location in the grove and nice and nice. i i was at a point where i was like they i they didn't hire me as a sir, but they were like do you want to be a buster and i was like well fuck sure yeah you know, i have no great like i have no experience as a buster but i'll do the jo- that job <laughs> And I, I, I lasted a few months there And I moved over to Raisin Stark uh, At LACMA Which is uh, a bunch of comedians Working there Nico Santos was the host at the time Okay cool I, I know he, that yes, person Alright He brought in a lot of us To work there So there was uh, me Marcelo Arguello Chris Garcia No sorry not I apologize uh, Frankie Communis. I apologize to Chris Garcia yes. For saying his name uh, <laughs> He did he's not been, work he's, there He's, he's just been a, at
1: the top Of all of our feeds Him and his cute baby So you know
0: He's just on that list Of San Francisco comics That uh, <laughs> Yep Uh, that moved down around the same time but like a lot of us worked there Uh, Greg Edwards was there Um, like it was like a good crew of uh, me and a bunch of comics via San Francisco uh, and and it was like, like they loved working with us uh particularly because we're all like immigrant comics and so there's like and ed- or like people yes. college, right. so they're like, was... you guys have good uh work work ethic And like yeah surprisingly <laughs> yeah, <I know>.
1: <laughs> you're <laughs> like it's not like a, my dad's a studio exec and he told me to get a restaurant job to build a backbone <laughs> you know ah, it's, you're like no i just have had to work really hard since i was born yeah. thank you um so- Solomon, I have to say like I get I get very like jealousy is not the word, but just like the, it's like I cut my teeth and I have my crew in New York and I didn't know I, I showed up in L.A. to a lot of you thriving and already being, you know, the people that you are with your status. And it's fun to hear the underdog years because <laughs> I don't I don't know you like that, you know, well, and I, of course.
0: Yeah. Thank you. I I assure you there was a, I worked, I was working up until five years ago. (laughs) So
1: same. I mean, you you know, I, I got, yep. I got a break, uh, on a show and was able to walk away. And yeah, but it's just like, there's a whole slew of us in Brooklyn who used to all like, just, it was like a constant swinging, flapping kitchen door of all of us working at this, like restaurant that's let's face it was like a halfway house for comedians yeah. if you could hang on to a job serve a drink or two or whatever we were all very very um gainfully employed at this uh one place called gravy with a connected restaurant called pacifico <laughs> anyways <laughs>
0: Uh, I yes. that is very it's very much like every city does have that. And then there's also the majority there's also the the group of us that are like, "Why what do you do? How do you make money?" <laughs> uh-huh. Right. Like, how are you well, existing? Who are you charming? Who who
2: are you? Like, who, who are you? <laughs> like you're you I see you on your Instagram it says you're out to lunch again on a weekday. Like I don't I and that's such a fucking LA thing. Like I remember first moving here and being like, "Why is everybody at lunch all the time?" Time. why aren't people working and yeah and you just you just never know um where someone's coming sure. from or where, where they're getting their
1: money who knows oh, can i ask were all the denny's seattle-based or did any oh of yeah them? all those
0: denny's were well they okay. were seattle and surrounding areas based uh, and surrounding
1: areas based so i was
0: in north seattle i
1: okay got it and if you still ever set foot in a Denny's, does a Seattle's Denny have its own fucking vibe, like poets late night, you know, <laughs> writing? The coffee's slightly
2: better.
0: Well, no. Uh, <laughs> right, exactly. The, the coffee's the same terrible crap all across the board. Yeah, of but, uh, regardless of the location, uh, it's there because there's uh, there's two types of Denny's. Uh, and they're the okay. same. All, like they, they might be different sizes, but they're same. Like there's the standard model Denny's that everyone is familiar with, and then there's the Denny's <laughs> Diner, which is that new wave fifties
2: oh, pop yeah, diner. Yeah, yeah. So
0: they those are, they're, they exist at the same time, but they are definitely almost in a different decade. Like one of them is just like this new wave fifties m- g- motif, while the other one is very still classic Denny's motif. And they are they both exist, and they're both have the same menu, uh, because Denny's is a franchise, uh, and of it's a very weird kind of setup with everything, but yeah, it's, it's nothing is spectacularly different, uh, food-wise, I'll tell you that.
1: Got it, got <laughs> it. It's just like, what? Their, you know, their booths are like a different style if you're in the 50s throwback hmm. era. Yeah,
2: yeah, or if you get like a classic 70s, 80s situation happening. Um, what was your preferred shift at the Denny's?
0: um, so it really depends because it's like there was <laughs> like for because, like, at the time, because I was young, I was young, I wanted to hang out more than I wanted to make a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> there was that. There's the graveyard shift, which sucks because you're there till fucking six in the morning, yeah. uh, but getting the shift that's right before the late shift uh, that that uh, brings in the right before the graveyard shift comes in. That was the perfect shift because then you get to hang out with your other co-workers and go to like the pool pool hall and uh, get drunk with them uh, in the parking lot because you're still 20. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's the ship that you're like, "Oh, this is when people order steak at Denny's." Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like there's never like it was never like Denny's in a, like Denny's can is like the ones the 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 servers who knew how to make money at Denny's knew those shifts very well and there was no way you yeah. were going to get them from them. Uh, right. <laughs> Like they've been working at Denny's for 10 years, which is like in itself, like that's long enough for you, for me, never to take any of your shifts. And I do not want any of your shifts because uh, no. I don't want to fight for a shift yes. at Denny's.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. 10 years, you have earned your shifts like they are yeah. yours forever unless you care to give them away. And that should be the rules.
0: That's essentially what it is. Like I, if I ever got a shift, the, the, the money making shifts. It was because one of them was like, "I want a day off," and you're the only person that will say yes. And th-
1: well, it's dangerous because then it's like your eyes are forever open that there is a money making shift at
0: Denny's, and you're like,
1: <laughs> "I'm telling everyone," and they're like, "No one can know our secret and our truth," you know? Like,
0: <laughs> but it's like it's like not even that great of a mo- like it's like the money making shift at Denny's you make a hundred dollars in tips, right?
1: Tops. Right, Tops. sure. are
0: and, yeah. and it's blood money. It is not. Blood. It is yeah. no one, no one, no one that walks to Denny's like twenty percent is how I tip. That's not yeah. the vibe that comes <laughs> in to a Denny's. Uh, <laughs> it's like I feel
1: like you know, I and I, I, I have no hate toward Denny's. Um, it, it's just like in New York why would you go to a Denny's when they're like a million, you know, late night is the name of the game in New York. But now that I've been yeah. in LA for like five-ish years, um, Andrea and I, we got up in the middle of the night a couple yeah. years ago to watch like a super wolf moon in Griffith it, Park. It was, with it was a, bunch a full of, lunar yeah.
2: eclipse actually. Yes, that was, with, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: with a bunch of astronomers. And it was just such an odd feeling. And we're like, we are starving. <laughs> it's five in the morning. Where do we go? And we like hit the Denny's on San Fernando. Wow. Wow. And it I was incredible. I had a moon's o- moon over my baby. I yeah, it I was
0: great. I feel like yeah, that's sort of it's because it's very rare. Like we are, we are in the age group that is very rarely at Denny's. <laughs> yes, like there used to be. Yes. but yes. Well, even t- I think now, like I think like you either are very young, and this is like the the diner near you, and at the time too, especially it's like, you can smoke inside. Right, so yeah, it's right. it was a phenomenal hangout spot for anyone under twenty-one.
2: We're, yeah, when you're in high school, that's like all you Coffee do. Coffee and if you're, if you live in The suburbs, yeah, for sure. Coffee and cigarettes. Coffee I and if cigarettes and a bowl
0: full of change as a tip. I remember. Oh my about. god, I was, I was like, right.
2: there's probably a lot of like pulling like change off a table into your apron. Ugh. Oh. Um, I wonder if the kids in the suburbs are still hanging out at Denny's. Probably,
0: probably. There's nothing else probably. going on.
2: There it's really isn't. True. <laughs> Well, let's get started on today's topic, you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to chat. Let's all chat about immigrants mm-hmm. and how they shape the restaurant industry and how they're the fucking backbone of the industry. Um, Solomon, you yourself are an immigrant, yes. correct? Can you speak to that in your story and well, tell I us can. about
0: that? I can speak to it because I, well, but I also come in the form of the, I get the fancier version of the immigrant treatment because I'm, I speak English. Uh, so therefore, yes. and yes. sorry, I, they speak English. I speak English without, with an American accent, which is, gives right. me a lot of wow. privilege. Uh, <laughs> uh, cause that's, people don't talk down to me like I'm an idiot because I, I just have a slight accent. <laughs> But yeah, it's like it's like without a doubt, no restaurant would thrive without the genuine cheap labor that immigrants no. provide. It is. Yeah. But that yeah, that's also it opens it to, them to abuse all the, a lot of the time uh, yes. because it's like you expect somebody to be an absolute workhorse for literally the smallest money. So when they finally kick back and they realize they're being treated terribly.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think we all know the guy. uh, or the, or the the dishwasher, the line cook, like, who 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 never fucking takes a day off. Never. Who you've never, never seen not come to work. Yep. And if something
1: does happen, it, something horrible has happened in their lives. Yes.
0: Um, Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And,
1: and you have to wonder, too, like, you know, is it horrible enough? Like, did, did something go wrong? Are they literally being you know deported Mm -hmm. um is there a family crisis like it's just right because they are just some of the most faithful hard workers you've ever worked with so it's it's that feeling of like something's up yeah i can't believe they're not here manny did not show up you know like yeah something's wrong
0: at the end of the day it's like like it's such a it's it's truly the saddest story for me to because they like I see how hard they work and it's and I'm like I was as a surfer I try to do like emphasize tipping out the dishwasher tipping out mm-hmm. anyone in the kitchen that I see Ben like I'm if I'm I'm ultimately benefiting from their cheap labor so yeah <laughs> so I, and that, like that's essentially what the, 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 the that's a tipping system in general like the people that eat in a restaurant are, are benefiting out of my cheap labor so therefore I have to make sure <laughs> that it's, it's a terrible version it's uh it's trickle down ec- <laughs> uh, economics, economics yes. uh w- working in the saddest way possible <laughs> absolutely it does, uh, it's literally it's still a sad sad, sad process <laughs>
2: um so a small history of immigration and restaurants in the u.s so unless you are a native indigenous person from the united states you're fucking descended from immigrants dude like Period, You know, and it's always been shitty. So let's let's go back to March of 1790 when Congress passes the first law about who should be granted U.S. citizenship. So the Naturalization Act of 1790 allows any free white person of good character who has been living in the United States for two years or longer to apply for citizenship. Without citizenship, non-white residents are denied basic constitutional protections, including the right to vote, own property, or testify in court. Uh, this hasn't
1: changed at all. <laughs> I know. I was like, "Are you like fast forward two hundred and fifty <sighs> years?" Uh, uh, fast
0: forward. A still a little loose. Still not one hundred percent.
1: Still a little like.
0: Ah, uh, do you guys? Maybe you guys should go. <laughs> yeah
2: (laughs) so basically what we're seeing as far as restaurants and how they're existing at that time there's really not much happening in the u.s um not until we're seeing a wave of irish immigration in the 1800s do we start to see things like irish pubs pop up you know and we've all seen the fucking far and away movies where like the irish immigrants come to the big city come to new york and where do they get jobs they get jobs at fucking restaurants you guys Like this, just again keeps happening. So, we have a lot of people coming in. We have People swarming in, they're fleeing, they're either sick or dying from the long journey. They're like, they're coming to the big cities on the East coast and they're basically like starting new neighborhoods. Restaurants are popping up. Then we get the civil war that happens, which is more German and Irish settlers after that, like go West, you know, German settlers go to like the Midwest. Hello, beer is fucking born, you know, <laughs> in the United States. <laughs> All the delicious beer that we drink today comes from German immigrants after that, we have the Chinese coming in to work the railroads. Then we have the Chinese Exclusion Act that starts. Um, so basically, they're just Chinese come in to do all our hard labor, literally build railroads, literally, like build the infrastructure that we know today. Um, and basically, once that starts happening, they're just like, not too many. You gotta go. Mm-hmm. It's just basically like xenophobia at its finest. Like anybody who comes into the country to make it better isn't like, no, you're not appreciated ever.
0: But it's like, it's this thing that constantly happens with, especially with every immigrant group. Like, like what's going on right now with the anti-mask, uh, like, people and being anti-Asian. It's a very similar issue in the past. Like they find their way to do the same thing again. They did it with MSG as well. Scare like the MSG scare to, to push Asian people out as well. So it's like this, this there's like the fourth cycle of anti-Asian pushback. Uh,
2: And at the same time, there's still this like American dream out there that is like it, it outweighs and outshines. Like everybody is like, well really bad things might happen to you, but the idea of coming and having a fresh start and as the timeline continues to like 1907, when there's a huge like Japanese like mm-hmm. immigrant fl- an influx coming in, um, onto like in the 1920s, like, and after fucking World War II, we get like Jewish like refugees coming in. I mean, onto like the Mexicans come yep. in during World War II to like fill shortages in factories you know well, like to
0: be fair they were kicked out of where they, they were technically native americans that were kicked out of their homes that are coming yes, back <laughs> <is> <laughs> so you. i wouldn't like i like this mexicans became immigrants in this country but they were never immigrants to begin with to so. begin
1: with <laughs> absolutely
2: i mean and what i keep saying when i hear when i hear like Beer. When I hear all I'm thinking is like the food that is being created yeah. with like all of these waves of people that are coming in and how these immigrants and their subgroups are like opening restaurants for themselves. They're opening restaurants for other people to try it. They're they're building what we now call like the like an, a, a food experience, a restaurant yeah. experience and like shaping the palate like we get to eat anything we fucking want.
1: Now. We really yeah. do, yeah. you know. I mean, we've we've done the research too. That like just in general, like diners are a very Greek American immigrant experience. You look at all the all the ways that we consider our lifestyle to be really American yeah. and it was born on the back of someone who emigrated here from a different country mm-hmm. and, and completely shaped it, it, like people never stop to think like, why do I eat euros? You know, like, why are they <laughs> everywhere? Like your, your mom didn't serve that. If you're from <laughs> Rochester, Michigan, like where I'm from, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's such a, you know, and, I, and what I love, obviously, about food in the service industry, which, you know, not to like pretend like I'm a little mini, like, you know, food blogger Anthony Bourdain person, but it's just like food is the thing that brings us all to the table. Yet, how are we so blind to it and every mm-hmm. other aspect yeah. of the way we coexist together? You know, it's such a great gateway to share a meal with someone and realize the origin of why you're enjoying this delicious food but people can't apply it to common sense parts of their life outside of that it's it's very weird
0: it's a very like it's very confused like it's kind of like like what are the like the best restaurant experience you can get is like a family restaurant from a specific like from another country oh yeah like like it's it's a it's never going to be the best looking place uh it's but for the people no the the harsh lighting harsh lighting thick accents (laughs) you're gonna like but you're gonna have probably one of the best meals of your life (laughs) and be
1: treated be treated truly like you are having a big family style meal which you know um with people who consider themselves like truly american it's like y'all are not about family at all you don't even know what it's like to have you know because so much of And we've talked about this is like so much of my first dining experience jobs as as a restaurant server in Detroit where like I worked in all Arab American restaurants and was completely just brought in and worked with people from, you know, anywhere from Jordan to Tunisia to, oh, my God, like Syria, Turkey. Um, Lebanon was, you know, I, I loved that family lived with them part of the time and like taught their daughters English. And you would come to our club and experience how we hang out. And it would be great grandmother to the youngest grandchild all in a club until three in the morning, constantly eating communal dancing. You're all together all the time. American families ain't into family that much. <laughs> yeah. Eat in front of the TV and
2: shut your mouth. Um, I feel like this where, how my house was, you know, anyways. anyways.
0: Yeah. I <laughs> like, I like, there's a sort of like, oh, just like an acceptance in my family. Like you're going to take care of your mom. She's going to live with you. That's just the simple fact. There's no ways around <laughs> it. Uh, she's not going no. to no home. She's going to no. live
1: with you. <laughs> right. Oh God. Yeah, that's funny you bring that up. I'm like, we haven't even had that convo, but I'm just like, if I can and will, like, Of course they're going to just...
0: Oh yeah, I know it's going to be an invasion of my privacy and I just have to accept that fact.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Respect Um, your elders. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! I love you, mommy so let's uh, break down just just three there's other uh, many other reasons but three of maybe the main reasons why immigrants come to the US so number one would be against their will for sure Um, black indigenous people of color fucking kidnapped and enslaved they came and provided knowledge labor and even the raw fucking materials uh, that shaped and changed the food of the south that we know now as Gullah, that we know as low country so forced into slavery they cooked and waited on white assholes on top of Of other hundreds of horrors, obviously, they had to endure. Um, You know, we've talked about this before on on the podcast, too, Solomon, that post-emancipation... Most of the work that could be found was uh, in restaurants and bars and private homes yeah. as servers and bartenders and cooks and maids. And these were primarily tipping jobs that provided no fucking base pay whatsoever. So all you relied on was tips. So it's just another form of enslavement in a way. It's just another way to be oppressed. Um, and today these practices are still there. It's there's, they still exist. Like we just were like, yeah, sure. This model works in this like fucking white supremacist world, just run with it like everything else. Yeah.
0: So yeah. No, it's effectively, yeah, that's that's why like tipping culture is only is very uh American born and not really any place else cuz there's like you just pay people living wage, it just makes sense. Right. <laughs> there's like why right. would you not pay they're, people living wage?
1: <laughs> they're doing a job, you know, and yeah, we we covered it several months ago too, just going into the origin of tipping, you know, and it's absolutely worth reiterating. That it was just yeah, like Andrea said, like just uh, another way to not ensure a recently freed slave that they could have a job, but free labor. So it was just it's, you know we we don't try and be so on the nose with stuff. We like to give you know background to it. But the art, like the 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 origins of tipping, is yet another iteration of slave labor.
0: Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: But sometimes they might give you a dollar, but they don't have to if they don't want to. And you just spent 16 hours of your day lugging everyone's stuff all over on and off a train.
0: And that yeah. is just the way it is. And you're like, cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Great.
0: Absolutely.
2: Good job. Everybody. <laughs> Woo! Um, second would be to flee persecution. So waves of refugees <laughs> have been entering this country for decades to escape their current situations. War, famine, fucking genocide, corrupt governments in countries all over the world have left its citizens like hopeless and afraid and america has opened its arms to refugees for years and years and years which is
0: i always i always like to point out that america has had a big hand in ruining in many other countries and their their stipulations on refugee on refugees is truly like that is the most shameful part of this country is like you should be accepting every single refugee because you had a hand in whatever detriment that occurred in that country
2: right (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. It's almost like uh, they were just like, "Oops, uh, I guess come in now." Sorry, yeah. like, oh, geez It's every I did that.
0: Every Western <laughs> country that is is that is complaining about refugees and and how many they they're dealing with, you they they have every like not one of them has an innocent bone in <laughs> bone in them to not be able to be like, you know what? We'll accept all of you since we fucked over your country so hard.
2: <laughs> wow, truly. I mean, and, and then, like, coming here and it, and it got starting from fucking nothing, right? Like, trying to find work once you're here can be such a defeating task. Um, but restaurants, time and time and again, are places where if you don't speak English or you don't have any skills, you can, like, easily get hired and start a brand new life. Um, so this guy, he, he was a teenager alone on the border of Iran and Turkey in 1984, and his family had paid people to smuggle him from Tehran to escape their war-torn country. Um, he endured he endured a series of car and bus rides only to be robbed of all his money. He had two guys take him to Turkey and left to fend for himself. So he crossed the border on foot, and then he was promptly arrested by Turkish military. He said, I thought I was going to die. I thought that was it. Um, he endured for, endured 40 days in a Turkish prison before being reunited with his family in Istanbul, where they made their way to the U S embassy after several months, they were allowed to move back to the U S he was really, he had given up hope. Um, and then some weeks later they contacted him to say his paperwork was ready. And then they, oh, could, wow. they could, they could move to the U S he landed in, L- in LA and his uncle who met him there took him to a Jack in the box. The first day he was there to like, Basically get a job Um, and nobody would give him a job and he couldn't speak English. And at Jack in the box, they made him feel comfortable. They trained him. They taught him. Um, You know, he says this industry is so unique and he worked his way up through the fucking company, ultimately landing in San Diego at in the San Diego office. And then eventually became a partner and opened a (laughs) hundred Jack in the box locations. Um, So this is, this is, what can happen I think personally when nothing in your life could be any fucking worse than what you went through already. So why wouldn't you persevere and take chances any
1: time you get it, man. That's true.
0: Like, but also, I go feel back to that
1: work ethic, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I also
0: feel like there are many people that have who've shut up the Jack in the Box <laughs> as, in that same situation and got nowhere. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Near. I know. I know.
2: It's it, it, it is it is hard to just be like to to read one shiny story and think everything's okay because it oh, certainly no. is not. You know. <laughs> Listen.
0: <laughs> for some of us,
1: for some of us, it's our it's in our darkest hours that we find ourselves at a Jack in the Box. And it's okay <laughs> When when my dad's like, I need a breakfast, Jack You know, it's just like, oh, oh boy Mark's off the rails again Okay, anyways Look, but-
0: as somebody who's ordered Jack in the Box sober It is a journey uh, <laughs> It is ah! It is an emotional low point
1: <laughs> I know, but like the fast food franchise business Especially um, for immigrants Like it, it really is kind of a hand in glove situation where it's like do you have the fortitude to learn the rules Mm kind of go by the rule book make it all happen um and yes i mean like it it truly is a success story in a lot of ways it is and
0: i also like but yeah that was definitely the 80s and the 90s but now i think it is out like that is an impossible impossible dream because it's that that minimum wage
2: Oh man is is yeah.
0: it is truly it is a most savage and cruel thing because it's it's not, it means it's nothing it's literally, like right. it's, like everything yeah. costs so much everywhere I
2: know I mean, and that's what that was like the third point I was going to be like to live the American dream. And it's like, well, fuck, do we even like talk about this now that you said that? But it's like it's really just this whitewashed fairy tale version that we're shown all the time that it's just like, oh, come come here. Like, you know, it's like fucking there are no cats in America. Like, it's that part of it, you know, where.
0: Yeah, it's just also like it's it's now poverty here is at uh, like it's literally America is a. If a first world country wrapped in a third world country. It is. Yeah. It is doing everything possible to maintain a poverty line, uh, because poverty is is uh, is profit, uh, and get like and it's so like now it just I don't like coming here for immigrants. I am just I feel so bad because it's like there's that recovery that I my parents even had as people who didn't speak English and were able to get some kind of work. Like that is that is so difficult. That that's I, I, very I different even,
1: now. Yep. That dream seems, you know, and, and I personally cannot speak, you know, I, w- I won't speak to your experience. It's just from, you know, us trying to be educated and learn what's going on. But, you know, and it's it's a situation where I guess the best way to sort of compare it in some ways for people who might not be able to understand is like you also have people who believe in this country that they're like native born, right, right. to be here, right. c- can't make ends meet and are not understanding why this American dream is failing them, and they won't look at the government and or how f- how false of a promise capitalism is. And so then, on top of already being terrible pay wages, now you've got, like, white people punching down and blaming immigrants, yeah, right. So forever, though, I feel yeah. like
2: that's that's just
1: how, the fucking disgusting
2: like chess game is played yeah you know i think there is
0: two. i yeah i definitely believe there's two ways to it but also like i feel like the the attack on immigrants has been consistent so that's why i feel like it's definitely there's always gonna be the play of uh what the economy is doing right now but i also believe that generally so many of these people are hateful and they're becoming more hateful and they they i think they have their they find justifications but i feel like they're just terrible people a lot of them are
1: well, and and what we've said, you know, like the comparisons just in general of how our government works is the lawmakers at the top who oh, should yeah. be doing the jobs, who should be putting policies in place to protect and help everyone prosper, or have a little dignity in their life. Like one of the most easy to understand moments is even just yeah. putting um, frontline restaurant workers like that, that, that the. the, the, the Government bows out and says no more, uh, no masks, no distancing, Mm -hmm. no whatever, and then leaves it up to you, the restaurant, to put rules in place and then leave you to just fight, you know, mano y mano against other customers, which then jeopardizes your business if enough people want to come in and be like, we're going to stop coming here because you force Mm -hmm. mask mandates instead of the government doing what their job entails, which is to, you know, protect protect the citizens and whatever but it's it's a they have a lot of fun pitting us against one another so that we forget about them not doing their jobs yeah especially
0: like if you if you're making somebody working like once an uber driver becomes a a, a essential worker during a pandemic then it's like what are you doing what are we doing here for these people we're doing literally nothing to protect anyone
2: right yeah let's take a little Denny's break. <laughs> let's like, let's let, let's let everything cool down a bit and like dive back into a little Denny's Solomon. Okay. Would you, is, are do you have any like chestnut stories that you would like to tell oh us God. about working at Denny's Denny's
0: was a very, very special place. I have, I have a couple of stories that I've told uh, a few times. Uh, um, one of them was I. The, the uh, <laughs> a couple showed up, uh, and I sat them. And as I sat them, the gentleman in the in the marriage was like, "Hey, just to let you know, a third. Uh, we're actually meeting up with somebody uh, for a threesome here, like after we leave here. Uh, and so this is yeah. so this is our first time meeting her. Uh, so can you just let her know that we're over here?" I'm like, "Okay, that's I guess good for you and your threesome." So oh, much information. <laughs> and, and she shows up. Uh, and as I'm got, like, and then I point her to the table, and the guy, like from across the room, screams, Sorry, we're both ugly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're so nervous about the threesome. <laughs> I kind of thought he was going to be like, Can you direct me toward the least Chart my pants food item? Because we're about to do a threesome. We really want to impress this third. To be yeah. fair,
0: the, the no one wasn't no one was attractive in this uh, yes. group, <laughs> so no one like it wasn't like oh yeah so it was, it, the joke landed on her part.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. I, I'm I was hoping it would be kind of like a Romeo Michelle moment where they were like um do you have any specials for people who are about to have threesomes is that oh something God. you guys I do? Uh-huh.
1: I think that's a grand slam, my friends.
2: Ooh. Oh.
1: <laughs> I
2: mean, you could say moons are my hammy to describe any uh, yeah, sexual FBS. act. Let's be honest, yeah.
0: Yeah, but grand slam is a solid uh, triple. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, That's three runs. Uh, <laughs> it is three runs. Um, I right. understand baseball and Wait, Denny's. No,
0: grand slam is four runs because it's uh, the braces are low well. Low yeah, and it's and three the on base, and
1: I know, but let me have it a three run. Uh, <laughs> A triple play. What's really triple what play. we play. want?
0: Triple yes. play, but we don't have a triple play at Denny's. Uh.
1: Yeah,
2: okay. there's people who are into baseball rolling their eyes so fucking hard listening to us talk right now. If you know are into
0: baseball. They. I don't know how much of the immigrant conversation they got through. Yeah, <laughs> oh,
1: <Yo, laughs> there are by many the way.
2: immigrant baseball players. I, there incredible, is. There like, is.
0: But fans. <laughs>
2: Uh, n- no, I don't know. I love baseball, so I, 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 I would argue that with you. All right, so let's dive back in. And this is a very NPR thing I'm about to say, but let's do the numbers. Um... <laughs>
1: All right, you so, Kai, are you Kai Rizdal? What yeah, is going I, on? Yeah, I,
2: yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, so, just some stats, you guys, about undocumented uh, workers and restaurants. So, this is from Eater. The undocumented co- comprise of 10% of all restaurant employees in the U.S., as many as 40% in urban areas such as LA and New York. Undocumented immigrants as a whole pay billions in tax and a higher effective tax rate than the top 1% of taxpayers. Eight percent versus five point four percent, and then the Pew Research Center says estimates that about ten percent of the industry workforce is is basically undocumented um, workers, um, all working in low pay, back of house jobs without fucking worker protection. Worker protections. So this basically means they're paying more taxes with no benefits, and specifically right now in this pandemic, no unemployment benefits.
0: So yes, all ICE is is just a money drain from the yeah. from a very profitable uh, uh part of the population. Like you are we the country's making free money cuz they're not getting any money back. There's no there's no yep. tax refund. They are just paying taxes.
2: <laughs> it's a lot to absorb. I personally i you know nobody fucking even thinks about I, I don't know i think people assume that like undocumented workers people who come they're just like they want free they want a free t- meal they want a free ticket they want they're not going to pay they're not going to well, do anything
1: and nothing could be further from the truth right and but again you know when you don't even totally understand the lie you've been sold and don't understand why you're not succeeding, it's very, very easy to lean into that narrative. It helps, you know, again, this is all like, listen, I've been in therapy for four years. Um, <laughs> four or five years, you know, like stories we tell ourselves versus what the truth is, you know, right. and the stories are made to comfort our brains and our narrative and, and the things that help us uphold our belief systems. And it just, it really is, you um, I think it's just been a like I'm not trying to go super negative on it because I do think the work and the groundwork has been laid to open people's eyes, especially in the service industry, the words getting out a little bit more so with you know movements like one fair wage official and and some of this other stuff but it's just a very unfortunate convoluted myth that immigrants are here literally just like glad handing freeloading all this stuff and to quote a a comedian we all know are are you working hard or hardly working he's just got a a great about like people who are so racist and stupid and wrong about immigrants where he's just like mexicans or he's like lazy mexicans but then they also say they're all taking our jobs and it's like well which is it yeah you can't be both you know and it's it's a
0: it's a a difficult space to live in uh to be lazy and to have all the jobs uh (laughs) have all
1: the jobs yep exactly um
0: no yeah it's all these wonderful dog whistles uh Mm -hmm. that's beautifully coded into people's belief system but in general i think it's just a refusal to accept the truth which is there is a workforce that is here it's it's uh, it's beneficial to this country because it's not it's it's willing to work for less and pay pay out uh, taxes without questioning right. it, like questioning it. Um, and it's
1: not it is not um, just, you know, like for the joy of of getting some restaurant food. It is our entire agriculture and
0: farming system right. is also yes.
1: built on the back of immigrant labor and exploring right. that.
0: And it's like it's and at the end of the day, it's like they think like there's if you are undocumented, you're not getting any social services. You're not there's you can't you're not getting food stamps. You're not getting welfare. Like these are not things that you have access to as an undocumented person. That's it's impossible. What kind of government do you think we have that's handing out money to people uh, in any way, shape, or form? Uh, Those programs require proof, and undocumented people don't have that proof. Uh, It is a tedious. Like I've I've gotten food stamps in my life i it was the hardest thing to do for somebody who was eligible to get food stamps. I could only imagine somebody who doesn't have that documentation trying to even attempt to get it. Uh, yeah, so, there's no handouts being hand like the, like it's like if a lot of white Americans understood that they are the greatest beneficiaries to every social program, including affirmative action
2: right <laughs> 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 do
0: they, they then that would be a different story, but the case is that that everything is presented to them in a way of like these are the people taking everything from you when it's clearly not that at all in any way, shape, or form.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's and it's you know, and then I think it's a specific type of exploitation that happens then in the restaurant yeah. industry where right. when you know you could you know when you're hanging something over someone who works oh. for you who's undocumented, like yes. you can garnish wages, yes. you can withhold yes. paychecks, you can you can threaten scream and yell, yep, call ICE the entire mm-hmm. thing, and yeah.
2: Uh, just yeah, again, just to feel just to always have like fear pulsing through your body, not, not have any reliability on like, uh, or, am I going to get fired today? I don't have any rights like what I mean, it's a it's a it's a lot to consume. Um, just to be just to try and fucking make it and be happy and be stable and provide for yourself and your family it's a it's a, that's a lot of moving parts to to be an immigrant in the US and it's, you know and it's
0: truly surprising how little needs to be done to really fix the issue the how yeah, how yeah. corporations can pay out a little more without without not losing like true like they're gonna profit regardless we can even pay a little more and they still would like like if like if it's like a menu item was a dollar more at mcdonald's <laughs> then every worker there would actually be able to enjoy a living wage uh but yep. yet they don't want to do these kind of things that would ge- generally benefit everyone involved from health insurance to just like to education support like they they try to do be way below the bare minimum and it's it's surprising and it just sucks that we don't have a restaurant union that can actually protect restaurant employees and I don't think that's ever going to happen anytime soon because we live in an anti-union country (laughs)
2: I mean, it's, it's it's, slowly starting to happen. It's It's starting to happen. We hear about movements happening all the time, small places, bigger places. You know, we talk about Vegas a ton. Mm -hmm. They have a giant restaurant union. Everybody gets a fair wage. You can, you can start out as a busser and like train your way to being a floor captain. Like they take care of their own. Um, and I certainly hope with the way things are going right now, um, it's just going to keep Keep trying yeah. and moving. Yeah, I think essentially
0: it's what's going to happen because there's so many. Like, there's way more workers than not. Then and corporations can only get away with so much. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Before we decide to burn the witch.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know. And also, let's just none of us like you know whether it's your coworker, you know, a coworker, your server, your cook, your fucking boss is an immigrant, you don't have any clue what they've, like, fucking gone through to get where they are. Like, like, bitch, you don't know my life, you know, kind of moment. Like, I just think everybody just open your eyes and, and fucking listen, yeah. you know?
0: Well, I think, yeah, That's just, I think we all have it's like it's just assumed that the experience of coming to america is uh that is the gift within itself and then everything just roses after that but it's not like you and if you're working hard and you're doing the best you can that's essentially that should be rewarded uh that's that's like that you're that's a true heart (laughs) and especially in the food industry which is so so hard i i can't like i can't imagine Like to work, especially the ones that work like two or three restaurants and just juggle those insane hours and are just fine with it. I'm like, and barely getting any sleep. I'm like, how do you exist? How do you work so hard? (laughs) How do you have so many jobs and you still are happy to be alive, friendly to other human beings. And <laughs> if
1: you and if you ask yourself that, you should ask yourself another question to be curious, what did they come from? Like mm-hmm. what right. did they move here from where something that I consider less than yes, you know, than ideal is a pure source of happiness for them. Yeah. Then ask yourself a deeper question that this this is a step yeah. up from where they came from. And that's the attitude we should have toward people who do want to live in this country mm-hmm. and have empathy toward people who are running from regimes, from, you know, drug lord nonsense. I, I mean, it's ah God, I know we're such a spoiled, but, hey. but unfoundedly spoiled group of people here in this country. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's just, you know, take a moment
2: to, again, celebrate the diversity that we mm-hmm have bestowed on us in this country all the time and embrace it and also Um,
0: you can always tip somebody uh i always like if somebody's working hard in front of me in a restaurant and it's not my waiter i will tip them instead too like i will tip them on top of my waiter like if I like this doesn't hurt anybody like if you're tip your grocery bagger if you want to there's lots of ways to tip people
2: (laughs) oh yeah i agree with that fully Fully, fully. Um, what a what a great learning moment we've all had
0: today.
2: <laughs> like, uh, Solomon, thank you so much for being with us. It's it's, it's been a great to- great chat.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to chat. Uh, well, let's uh let's round out the show, Andrea. You know what we say at the end of each episode? Oh, godspeed. And good tips. Thanks, guys. Good health, everybody.